0: You're listening to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver, Co-op Radio. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark And that was the Bahamas out of Montreal. So we're going to play a bunch of them tonight, all Canadian. I like them. I just They're great. Do
1: I, I actually really enjoyed their music. You, you choose the music. I want to let everybody know Tasha does a great job of, of choosing uh, specific music that's generally for the themes of the show and... I love what you choose, because they're always timely.
0: Which isn't tonight, because I'm not quite sure of the theme of the show. But hey, let's start off. We had talked about, there's so much bad news out there. Um, We had talked about starting this show with good news, right?
1: Yeah, well, who doesn't like good news, Because I
0: like your good news. Yours is really awesome. Okay,
1: awesome. Well, the first piece of good news I found today was... Did you know that today, March 20th, is International Happiness Day? Forever
0: and and ever? It'll always be March 20th?
1: That I don't know, but it's celebrated by the UN. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's international days, you know, Earth Day and things of that nature. But this was the first time that I've ever heard of anything like a, you know, International Happiness Day. So let me ask, Katasha, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you today?
0: Huh, when I'm in the sun, it's a 10, 13 maybe even, you know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's certainly a beautiful day today, and it's been for the past few days, so.
0: But I've noticed even, it's funny, because as I was driving up, and for those of you who don't know, our station is located in the downtown east side, and there are different vibes, different days, different vibes, and tonight people seem happy even on the streets, like they're playing guitars, there's singing going on, there's... Uh, you know a little bit of self-expression happening that's a bit lighter energy the sun
1: charges us up and you know we get we just had snow and cold temperatures and you know to get this these like summer days for the afternoon is fantastic happy happy. you don't need a jacket a t-shirt is fine it's like yay one of the best parts of vancouver which goes into my next piece of great Good news. All right. Unless you want to.
0: Well, I think mine's pretty happy. My news. Can okay. I do my news? A- absolutely. I, and it was St. Patrick's Day. I had the best St. Patty's party. It was so much fun. I made a Guinness Irish stew and uh, Irish soda bread, and of course, really good whiskey. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't whiskey. invited. You, you know, it was... it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I wasn't in town
1: anyway, so you that's here. okay. I know, exactly. <laughs>
0: okay, so in honor of St. Paddy's Day, I love this piece of news. Ireland has become the world's first country to stop using fossil fuels. They passed a bill, all party support in the lower house of parliament. That's wow. pretty cool yeah, yeah. in the well, world. What, to get
1: all the, yeah. the support? And to have That's it passed, this is yeah. what we
0: all need to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, the path. Okay, yeah. next. Awesome.
1: Well, my second piece of happy news and it's good you news. Like,
0: that you like me well, as I, a human I, being. I,
1: I don't like you, Tasha. I love you. <laughs> I think you're awesome. And I, one, one thing I do want to thank you for is what I've learned in working with you on the radio show. You know, your diligence, uh, the way you d- run your interviews and prepare and do those Aww. things. I just want to say thank you for that because, you know, it's helped me in what I do as well. That's so, pretty cool. you know, I, I thank you. I, I do model some of the things that you do and uh, I just appreciate the way you always show up prepared.
0: Thanks. So, what was your uh, unlike, piece? unlike
1: someone else we know.
0: No, but you—you mean (laughs) you? No, but you're—but you do go with it. You're a flow guy. You go with the flow, and I appreciate that about you. So here we're doing good news and appreciation at the same time. It's kind of cool. Great. So
1: Vancouver, or sorry, Canada, has been ranked again in one of the top ten cities and or countries in the world to live in.
0: That's neat. What's the criteria? Uh, We came
1: in number nine, and the way that they do it is they uh, they take a look at the citizens and how they perceive, you know, how happy they are. Which is kind of suited, suitable for International Happiness Day.
0: It is. It all sort of ties together. My, my last point is kind of on the more serious side, but I still think it's good news since we hear so much bad news. We hear about so many so much violence and murders. So I want to give you some stats about things that are happening. The crime and murder rates declined in the United States. In the 30 largest cities, the murder rate for 2018 was 7.6% lower than 2017, 2018 was lower than 2017, and then Honduras, which had the highest homicide rate in the world in 2012, murders there have decreased by half, more than any other nation. Wow. It's pretty wild. That's I wish I knew why. I don't have an answer to that. I'm sure listeners are sitting going, "How come?" Ooh. Like, because be, I'd be curious. Did their approach to crime change? Did like what happened mm-hmm. here that that this occurred? Were there new programs implemented or what? What made the change?
1: So, if anybody knows, maybe they'll call in later and, and maybe share that with us. Okay. Right. And if you do call in and you do know the on-air phone number 604 six zero four six eight four. Seven five six one.
0: So we're open tonight. We're totally open to callers. And, you know, Mark sort of said to me, it's going to be a surprise show. So I'm assuming that means that if you guys want to call in, we'll just be chatting.
1: That's a possibility. But I do have a surprise guest. I'm going to read the introduction this evening or do the introduction. So I'm going to see if you can guess who our guest is going to be. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So our guest is a registered professional counselor with the Canadian Professional uh, Counselor's association and this person also holds a master's degree in counseling and psychology has a private practice in vancouver loves working with both individuals and couples and this person also offers online counseling sessions um a lot of great, you know, this person. <laughs>
0: Do
1: you know where I'm going with this, Tasha? Well,
0: it's sounding familiar.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> she works with a variety of disciplines, including family <laughs> systems, body-centered modalities, gestalt, cognitive, uh, psycho-spiritual orientation. She's a student. Oh, I just give it away. She's a she. Uh, she's a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles, and she's got a really great transpersonal approach that is never dogmatic. She's also a certified uh, master NLP facilitator. She's trained and hypnotherapy or sorry hypnotherapy, energy healing, group dynamics and a whole bunch of great stuff. This woman is really <laughs> awesome. Any idea who it might be?
0: You took that from my website.
1: Oh, you you. <laughs> yes, I did take that from your website because tonight our guest is you, Tasha. In honor of you because of all the great work that you do and you generally never talk about yourself and what you do, so I thought it would be a great opportunity for you to share with our listeners who you are what you do what your story is and uh, we'll I'm take game. kind of a deep dive into your work because I know okay. I've done some work with you uh, you invited me to help out uh, uh, in one of your programs at uh, Rhodes College
0: Rhodes Wellness College yeah, which is so, downtown Vancouver so I, yeah. I certainly
1: know your work and I'm, I'm fond of it so I thought it would be a great opportunity okay. to put you on the spot I like uh, it in my flow type of way I yeah, work yeah. and uh, see what we can do to
0: give some value to our listeners alright let's do it awesome so, so you be the interviewer that's what you're saying Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, could I be a difficult guest? No. Well, I would think it would probably be... It's not going to help anything, but all of a sudden I'm getting excited. It's like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) I could give you one word answers. No, I won't. Well, well, first off, maybe
1: tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you're doing it, so they have a background, because they hear your voice every week as Mm -hmm. you're interviewing all of our guests, so... Who are you? You know, what do you do? How
0: did you get in this line of work? What's your No, don't do the how did you get there. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, for me, it was never a plan. Mm. It was, um, you know, I started out in radio in Toronto at Q107 Radio, and I was the first female in middays, because before that it was a boys' club, really. Mm. And so women did either the news or all nights, and they only had one name. You didn't have a last name. And you'd have to talk in that voice. Hi. If you're listening to Q107. It's like the it's, DJ it's voice, just uh, like that. Yeah, all yeah. Sudden you yeah, get real yeah, deeper. Yeah, and I had a friend there, um, Jane Houghton, who was doing the news, and she came up to me. She's fantastic. This woman's just one of the smartest people I know. And she came up to me and she goes, "Why are you talking in that voice?" I went, I know, right? And so it changed everything. So my whole approach became connecting, and it always was. And I would get in lots of trouble, but it was the day where you could play any music you wanted to to play. But things would happen, like when John Lennon died, I was on air, and I would put the listeners on air, and we went through a psychological process together. And I I just really loved opening up the phone lines and hearing from people and I can't say I was counseling, but I also had people, especially when I was doing all nights, in trouble. And one girl in particular, her name was Crystal. I mean, she was young, 14 years old and on the street and in trouble. And so she just became a part of my work and helping her. And the greatest rush was when I went back for a reunion. It was a 20-year reunion of Q107 in Toronto. And Crystal called no. And she had a baby, she cleaned up her act, she had been using and was really strung out in very bad shape, but she cleaned it all up, she became a mother, and she called her kid Tasha. It was like, wow. I went wow, like to have that kind of impact. So anyway, well, that's I, I, a legacy I, right there. I just realized that how being of service became so much more important than that world of rock and roll. not that it wasn't fun, it was a blast mm-hmm. being stuck in an elevator with sting and you know, oh, rough, Van Halen coming in at nine in the morning with their Mickey for an interview. Really? Like it was How a awesome. crazy lifestyle. But being of service is what kept me grounded. And also when the question ca- came up of what is this really about, um, finding that meaning was so important to me. And so that's what I help people do now. Mm-hmm. I went back to school. I got my degree. You know, I, I train counselors in doing this work. And of course, in doing it, I only want to do something that works. So I kept seeing how talk therapy was not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, The transpersonal approach, which is my approach, even that wasn't quite enough because people didn't understand how to access connection to source. So transpersonal simply means beyond the personal, something bigger than you personally. Great. Well, that answered one of my questions. (laughs) And, And so great. That's a great concept. How do you access it? How do you feel that? How do you... Um, let that part of you guide you and be your anchor, be your North Star. Mm-hmm. And that's what started for me. And I'm also an actor. So I got really creative about designing ways to offer people experiences mm-hmm. so they themselves can tap into that part of themselves as opposed to it being from somebody else, information for your head. I mean, I do talk to the head and I'm pretty good at it, but I love going, hey, Try this, yeah. and then we'll talk. Well, and,
1: and I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of you've got to talk to the head at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to look relax at the body. them
0: so the head goes, yeah. okay, I know why we're going to do this crazy yeah, stuff. We're,
1: we're, there's like three mm-hmm. entry points, right? Mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And you manage and work with those really well. Yeah. Um, and I know experiencing some work with you that we did together, like I was mentioning earlier. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, you've got to have that. There's got to be a, a cognitive understanding at some point.
0: Can right? I tell them about that work? Because that was so cool to have you come in oh, and yeah, be a part of it. Do. So at Rhodes College, I teach. Um, it's it's so interesting because it's under their spiritual umbrella. There is a school that trains counselors and coaches. And they have the physical model, uh, sort of a different umbrella of different courses. They have the mental um, and they have the spiritual, the emotional and the spiritual. And they put me in the spiritual and the work starts out you're kind of going, Well, you know, you were there, it's like body awareness training Mm -hmm. and people you're kinda going, Well, why is this in the spiritual? We're not sitting here meditating. But it's because if you don't clean out your body, your physical body, there's no space. You're full of congestion and clutter. So you're not gonna feel and have an invitation of an energetic spiritual experience Mm -hmm. if you're stuffed. Well, and, right? you're, you're
1: you're, and you're blocked. And you're blocked. Things just aren't flowing properly.
0: So Mark came in and assisted me with I think we had what 25 students that yeah. session. And, and I will or say I was
1: a little there there's a element of nervousness because I wasn't sure exactly what we were doing, but I <laughs> but I was honored that you were trusting me enough to come in and 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 you know, support you. Well,
0: you have a great presence. Plus, you work with uh, Tony Robinson. I know that you understand how to be with large groups of people. Fourteen thousand
1: people we just had in LA last right, week, like right, epically crazy, yep. fantastic, and we walked them all across fire too, which right. is kind of cool.
0: So there are so many considerations, mm-hmm. right, when you oh. work with people that yeah. I I totally had faith in you there, and knew that you would do whatever was necessary because when you're being of service, you've got to get put your ego on a shelf. And do what has to happen, and if it comes through you, you know to follow, Mm -hmm. right? So it's about recognizing that you're clear enough to be that vessel that will... Honestly, I so trust this universal field to support everyone exactly where they are, and if we're all joined as a team, that's exactly what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I know because I know once I surrendered to that, mm-hmm. that that trust, and know that I got this, mm-hmm. and and allow it to flow through me. Yeah, life changed, became much more beautiful and lighter, and out of my head. Yeah, so I could just trust myself and flow. Right, you know. So it's a yeah. It's and a then, powerful and thing. it
0: takes you out of that. Um, Am I doing this right? Am I? All those ego Mm -hmm. thoughts that can really feel like pressure to be perfect and to get it right. And you realize, hey, I'm not the only one here. Again, the transpersonal approach, there's something bigger than me at play and you can trust it and you can know it. Intimately, so Mm -hmm. it's not dogma, it's not a concept, it's not religion, it's not you know, believe in this, it's open energetically and have an experience clear your system of whatever's blocking access this access point and then have an experience Mm -hmm. that you can trust because it is so constant It's you recognize it once you've been there you recognize it and you go here it is Absolutely. and you just listen right
1: well it's like yeah. just being in that flow time disappears everything mm-hmm. it's like it, there's an element of magic that happens yeah. when we get out of our head into our heart and our body and, and just go with what's being kind of called in
0: yeah
1: awesome so that I really did love working with you at Rhodes. That was awesome. Now, that was the, the one part, the, the spiritual side of the work you did, that body part. What is it that you focus most of your work on when you work with couples or individuals? Um, I know we we're talking about you've, you've got the, the transpersonal work. You've got four parts that you generally deal with. So how does that fit in? Yeah. And what's the foundation that um, everybody kind of really needs to know or be aware of or work on?
0: well i 'm passionate about this piece because for me it was the the one piece that kept preventing people from having what they want, which was i think it 's all about identification and location mm-hmm. so people would identify generally without consciousness and until you 're conscious of the parts that are inside of you, you identify yourself as the part and you say "I." Mm. And therefore, you have parts that are problematic, parts that you like, parts that you don't like, and they can be in total conflict. Then you bring in another person who's got their parts, and now you've got two people possibly in conflict if their parts don't get along. So it's not a terribly um, easy, at ease kind of dynamic inside or out with other people. And it occurred to me that people were in the practice, often people would come in, whether individuals or couples, and they would say, I've got a problem and here's my problem. And so beyond reframing, which I know you know, where you start to look at the problem as an opportunity to actually expand and grow, it's a portal that you use. What I noticed, there were four parts of people that were consistently the most problematic. So mm-hmm. they didn't name them like this, just as, um, you know, seeing hundreds of people, I would go, I would start to recognize these parts. And those parts are the child, the adolescent, the victim, and the critic. Hmm. And in various different... And I'm happy to break them down because... Well, and and I,
1: we will, because I, 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 when I was going over some of the material as I was yeah. preparing for our surprise guest today, <laughs> 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 I... uh I really love the way, that, because I can identify with all four of them. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, they're like four archetypal energies mm-hmm. or disowned parts. They make sense psychologically where they came from. And until you become aware that you have them, but you are not them, because mm-hmm. that's the transpersonal, you are actually this core authentic self, why my practice is called authentic self-counseling, um, you recognize that core self, every other part of you, is a part. And even then, your task is not to get rid of them or change them, because your response to every part is the same. If you're in your solid self, in your authentic self, you receive them lovingly, with loving curiosity, with compassion, with um, forgiveness, like the approach is the same. So you're basically turning the inside of your body into a welcome mat. Mm. The vibration of welcome, and your curiosity is what uh, and your creativity is what uh, inspires these relationships with these different parts of you. so again, you can say, "I have this part. you don't have to hide it no you it, don't have to be is, ashamed of it.
1: Is I the ego
0: speaking? Not to me, okay, so to me, it's the core self okay i don't if if my ego is speaking. It's, and I don't use the word much anymore, although i Course in Miracles has been very big in my life. Um, I, and I do apply it all the time. I don't use the word ego half as much as this this thing I'm trying to 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 share with you and share mm-hmm. with the listeners because I find it su- such an inclusive system that supports you knowing that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with anybody out there. Absolutely not at all. No. And it's our perception and it's this disowned aspect that we don't understand that we can have something, but it doesn't mean it's who we are. Mm -hmm. Once you open to that ability to go, wait a minute, when I say I, I mean, I, Or if I'm if I am talking about my ego, I can talk about that, too. And Mm -hmm. and I'm not hiding it. It's like, yeah, I have an ego and we all do. But I don't like it driving my decisions, my reactions, my choices. That is my core authentic self. If I'm making a decision, because when your parts make decisions, you get in trouble. You get in trouble. And mm-hmm. I can I can paint the picture completely of what it would look like, sound like, or feel like if your child was in charge, or if your teen teenager was in charge, or your critic is in charge, or your victim is in charge. Mm-hmm. Like it's very specific, those energies. None of them lead to a fulfilling, happy life. So people were coming into my practice and in couples too, and it was just so obvious that they're these parts were playing out these dramas and stories and i'll tell you the biggest characteristic of every part Hmm. they think they're right oh yeah i I understand that (laughs) (laughs) every part the only part of you that can ease and dissolve that uh, desire to be right is your core self your authentic self where you just go well who knows if this is good or this is bad, or what you know something happens, And I'm not saying everything that happens feels good, but you can open to the possibility that there's something inherent in that event or that interaction, that has your growth, um, that has your back that that I was saying to the students at Rhodes because I'm teaching right now, yeah. and we're doing shamanic. We're doing a closing up tomorrow with a shamanic journey. Nice. But I said it's like a trifecta. So the field or source or whatever you want to call that field outside of the body, this, past the subtle bodies when you tap in, that field has your back, you, the adult, the authentic self, as you have the back of these parts because these parts are young they're like arrested development Mm. certainly the child and the teenager and they need something from you specifically we try to get it from other people but that's a disaster your children in a relationship with another adult disaster teenager in a relationship disaster right Mm. the teen wants like don't smother me wants freedom and expression and spontaneity the child wants togetherness love me hold me security Nurture me. Different stages of life, absolutely. But if they are playing out and you're trying to get it from a romantic relationship, it's a disaster. Yeah.
1: Right? Well, any anytime you're looking for that happiness or fulfillment outside of yourself, generally becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Because most people don't get it.
0: Well, you can't. It, it's not helpful to get it. Mm-hmm. It's like a gooey toxic band-aid if you get it. Yeah. It actually doesn't fill the hole. So, you still will find a way to feel empty and not... Happy. Yeah.
1: So before we go in a little deeper into these four parts, uh, which will probably be more on the second half of of, of our show, um, I wanted to reframe a little something when we talked about problems because I love uh, one of John Lennon's lines in Imagine: "There are no problems, only solutions." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in your practice, do you find that there's uh you like the most common, or what? What are people dealing with? As a total, I guess uh, I'm trying to figure out the question exactly—is there like a really common or prominent problem that most people are facing that you that you deal with?
0: Hmm. I, the first hit I wanted to say, and this is just off the top mm-hmm. of, top of my head, but and they don't walk in saying it. But it's like loneliness and lack of this ability to how to how to accept oneself and feel whole so that there's a brokenness and then there's a cover over the brokenness. And so people are pretending and in their pretending there's no genuine contact with other people. They don't know that. Because they're just trying Keyword to survive. Being
1: genuine, genuine contact.
0: Your genuine contact would include these vulnerable parts of you mm-hmm. without a cover over them. You would be authentically so deep inside yourself that you wouldn't be hiding, strategizing, uh, trying to figure out how to make something work um, generally. And so for me, underneath all of that, there's a kind of loneliness. Mm. And you know, it's proven that that has detrimental effects on your psychological, emotional, spiritual health. Um, you feel alone. You feel like you don't belong. You feel nobody gets me. Nobody understands me. And the truth is, you—those parts of you—are alone unless you're in contact with them. They're not being understood unless you understand them. Right. Mm. So you are having there is some legitimacy to the complaints, but where they're explaining how they explain why it's happening is usually off. Right. It's either the world's doing it to me, victim energy, or there's something wrong with me. Both explanations. And that's the kid. There's something wrong with me. So both are off. Right. And the teenager would be like, I don't need you. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to do my own thing, like buzz off. I'm fine. And then to go over have and a drink, all of a sudden and it like happens whatever.
1: Again. Yeah, yeah. You know, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. It's like, why am I so alone, or why do I feel, you know? Now, would you say this is probably one of the roots of like codependency and attachment theory, and where people kind of get those unhealthy attachments to other people?
0: Well, I, I think I mentioned this once before, but I want to do it again because it's so primary. There are two forces that drive human nature: the force for togetherness, the force for autonomy. So, the force for togetherness means. Belonging, And when you're a child, you your survival depends upon you belonging in your family system. If you didn't, you would die. So that child reads the energy through an emotional body. You don't have a thinking brain. Mm-hmm. And even a raised eyebrow, like, you know, well-intentioned parents. But the child makes meaning of what they saw. And the meaning is about them. So the meaning is something about me is not right. And they cut off that part. They bury it. It's in your body. It isn't, you know, and then they, they create a pseudo self over it, a mask. How do you like me now? Do you like this? Yeah. They're always looking for approval, approval, but it's based on this force for togetherness that they need the approval to be connected. Mm -hmm. That's the belief. Right? And so that leads to, if you don't heal that, that leads to codependency. And,
1: and a lot of this happens in nonverbal times for children. When they e- hundred percent. Under seven. Either can't speak or yeah. they, exactly. Under seven. Yeah.
0: So then you become codependent in relationship. You're trying to get it from another adult human being. This degree of acceptance and understanding. You have to give it to yourself and you have to grow up that child part. And then the force for autonomy, again, a natural developmental stage that teenagers go through, I'm not you, I am me, trying to discover who you are. If you, if that is not supported by the family, the the teenager acts out. The teenager, and the more it's not supported, the more they will act out. So, That, too, plays out later in relationship with this incredible reactive desire for independence. Stop demanding things of me. You're smothering me. I can't breathe. I don't want to commit. I'm not Mm -hmm. committing. What are you talking about? This is an archaic institution. I don't want... Whatever. But it's like a... Yeah? Mm -hmm. So, the beauty of the transpersonal work... Is you're going to evolve past this codependence, past independence, so you can serve a different force, not just togetherness or autonomy, the force for expansion. Love it. Every system has at its core. A directive to expand. And when you begin to serve that, that's called interdependence. Couples are then happy, relationships thrive, you as an individual thrive, because what it looks like is you are you, autonomous, and connected to another without cutting off parts of yourself or compromising your solid self. It's a great state to it's be in. Beautiful. And then the two of you can be of service in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's the next piece of expansion, yeah, right? You
1: don't have an anchor holding you back. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Well, internally you don't, you've dissolved it and you've stopped attributing, feeling helpless about whatever that problem is. And you realize, no, no, this is a portal into me mm-hmm. and into reclaiming me and becoming like a picture serving a force for expansion. So like a seed, you are now, instead of having these cut off parts of you, you're expanding into this beautiful, full potential. And that's, that's in alignment with the universe. And, and that's when we
1: have our, you know, the, the most joy, like when we're growing and, you know, I, I've always, it's that quote, I don't know, it's been around forever, but if something's not growing, it's dying. Right. Right. And, yeah, yeah. you know, when we start growing and expanding, right. the world's a whole, whole different place. Yeah. So I know it's kind of odd. um, Considering you're our guest and our (laughs) co-host, so we're we're about time for our our, our mid-break song. Would you like to introduce the song yourself, or would you like me to do it? Uh, I think you should
0: have fun and do it. All You do it all. You've got it. Okay. Well, I've
1: got the information here. Yeah. So we're going to take a break here. You're listening to Conscious Living Radio on 100.5 FM, CFRO in Vancouver, and we are going to listen to uh, a great Canadian band, The Bahamas. This is Show Me Naomi.
0: I'm
2: Not living it up Not living it up while I'm away But you're never ever gonna let me live it down when I come home Not giving you up Not giving it up, now there's no way But you gotta let me hang on to something, honey Show me, yeah, me. Show, me show me Show me, every last little thing about you Show me Don't show me how you wanna be treated. History just gets repeated. So you gotta show.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to 100.5 CFRO Co-op Radio in Vancouver. This is Conscious Living Radio. I'm Mark Cron with our special guest this evening <laughs> and co-host uh, Tasha Sims. Welcome back. I like back. it.
0: I like you being the big bossy man. It's kind of right. cool. <laughs> I kind of like it too. I know. It's it's awesome.
1: It's it's fun to you know, do things a little differently this time, and uh, I'm just happy to dig in a little deeper into your work. So we talked about the four parts Mm -hmm. of transpersonal work. Well, don't
0: say transpersonal. I put those together. Like, I I don't know that you could say it's part of transpersonal work. Do you know what I mean? I want to be make sure that there are lots of different transpersonal approaches. This is mine. Like, so I can't just put it under the umbrella and say...
1: All right, well, you've got four different areas of the person archetypes that that you work with yeah um and i want to dive in a little deeper because you've got the child you have the victim you have the adolescent and the critic yeah so maybe you can share we've we've got the last half of the show 20 minutes to kind of dive in a little deeper of how that affects how we are how we show up and how we behave how how we feel those parts and, and, and and with the recognition, how to create the change, because yeah. that's the most important yeah. part. You can't change what you don't okay. acknowledge, right? Okay,
0: so you dig in there. I'll try my best. I'll give it a little overview of the child. Let's start <laughs> oh, with the child. No, I'm just being a big baby.
1: No. Uh, so tell us about the child. What's, yeah. what's that archetype all about?
0: All right, because it was the child formed beliefs on an emotional network, right? There was no thinking brain. So those beliefs need to be healed on an emotional network. But definitely it's about this... Archetypal energy craves nurturing, belonging, self-esteem, safety, security. And so when a child in a family is not fully nurtured or allowed the freedom to be themselves, or even if it looks like they do, the kid will personalize and this codependent self emerges. Um, so dropping and creates a guard kind of to protect it. So there's that's the beginning of inauthenticity, right? So to reclaim the child... You'll recognize the child because they're extremely reactive. They're, it's a feeling body mm. and it's very difficult to calm or to tame. And so when you're in that reaction, you can be almost guaranteed that you are seeing your past on top of whoever you're relating to or whatever the incident is. So that would be a projection, called a projection, but basically your past is alive in your body, beliefs that you formed as a kid, like I'm not important. And unconsciously, right? Unconsciously. You bury that part, I'm not important. You try to to project a... Um, aspect of self that is, it looks important, but in every relationship, it will get activated and you will feel not important. You will blame your partner. You know, when you, you do this and I feel unimportant if you don't do the work. So. The peace with the child, because, uh, you know, and I I, I say to people, imagine you're taking out of your body this energy of a six-year-old and you're in relationship with a 45-year-old and you're literally saying, hey, 45-year-old man, woman, whoever you are, here, here, take my kid. Would you nurture this child part of me? Would you um, make me feel secure? Would you please love me and give me attention and tell me I belong and I'm fantastic? And I'm going to tell you, the other person is going to go, ick. And push it away. So in a way, you are reenacting the rejection that you um, that began in childhood it, with a current relationship with a partner. So step one is recognizing your child. It's emotional. It's needy, often needy, needs attention, feels insecure, feels not safe. Um, and you learn to bring the attention off the other person back into your body. You have to make contact with that kid part. And it has to be loving contact. You cannot give the message to this part of you that you're a problem. If you do, that child will stay. That's the same message that began at the beginning. I'm a problem. I have to cut these parts off. You literally have to say, you know what? And you make it real because the imagination is your superpower. And your body cannot tell if something's really happening or you're imagining it. So you imagine this child. You create a solid inner relationship where you see yourself at various ages. You learn to speak the language of the unconscious and the heart and trust your first hit when you make contact. Mm -hmm. It's a sensation in the body, it'll be in the gut, it'll be something, but you allow yourself, you invite your imagination imagination to see yourself as a kid, you make contact, and you can begin a dialogue. Now that work I do in session, once people get the hang of it, it's a breath away, this is not complicated, Mm -hmm. and you learn how to do it on your own. So you locate your kid and you keep them out of your adult relationships and you form you become the champion you become the mentor you become the one who knows what this kid part of you needs and you get a do-over you get to have a happy childhood mm-hmm. right now that's the good news that's mm-hmm. the fun part yeah yeah
1: no i i love it because well it makes so much sense because sometimes we wonder why did i just do that or why yeah. did they just yeah. do that and yeah. when we don't realize that that's kind of where it's stemming from. Right. And it's locked in the body. Because if we just lived in the moment and we're really present in the now, none of that stuff would really matter. However, unfortunately, it's part it's like locked into our unconscious and our neurology as but well, it matters
0: right? because you identify as it mm-hmm. and you say uh, and then you judge it you'll go yeah. oh I was so stupid so mm-hmm. you just called that child part of you stupid it's not stupid it had a big huge feeling yeah. because it saw that part of you yeah. perceived the past in the present you have to correct the beliefs you yeah. have to present time the part in your body
1: and, and this is why I think it's so important to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show about you know having that intellectual understanding mm-hmm. so that we can first understand it Why recognize it yeah. and then we can take action to correct it right. but if we don't understand it we can't recognize it and we don't know what to do with it right is that fair to say
0: it is it's an important part your head has to be on board but then it has to also go on pause because you must learn a different language mm-hmm. the child cannot be accessed through your head awesome. it is only accessed through the heart Through sensation, through intuition, through the unconscious, through breath, through dance, through journaling, all sorts of stream of consciousness ways, through trance, through hypnosis, like so many modalities. None of them are, I'm going to think my child, Mm -hmm. grow my child up by thinking them well. Yeah. No, but a perce- but understanding why you're going to be doing all these things is your head needs to be on board and go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cause it does. Yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. When I learned that, um, you know, about that, you know, the, the pre verbal kind mm-hmm. of stages of our life, even yeah. up to great, uh, age seven, I was like, Oh, it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. So, so what about the victim? Tell us about the victim.
0: yeah. So the victim energy—that's a pretty common one. It's common and it's also extremely um, difficult for most people to love. So the response to all your parts is you're going to love them up. You're going to grow them up through unconditional love and acceptance and nurturing and guidance and mentoring. Doing that with a victim aspect is very difficult because people judge it. It is weighty and icky and kind of sticky and hopeless. And like even as I talk about it, my body kind of wants to drop and oh, and it's full of absolutes. It's always happening. It's never fair. It's, it's never my time. Like, there's just such poor, a... It's always a poor me, right? Yeah. And so to love that part of you, for most people, it's extremely challenging. They, they label it needy, desperate, ick, mm-hmm. right? They put it in some category. Yeah. And yet, the truth is, on some level, there, it, there was, in the past, often, um, an experience that was unfair, When you're a kid, you are kind of helpless compared to the big people around you. So it it, it is an aspect that was never never received back then because you couldn't. You were experiencing it. So it gets acted out now. And it's an interesting relationship. All I can tell you is learning to love my inner victim was the hardest one for me. Because I was definitely judging it. I kept going, no, I'm not that. I'm not desperate. I'm not needy, needy, ooh, needy people. Listen, you know that you have a disowned part if you react to it in other people. Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem with needy people, Mark. (laughs) Why do I say that? Is there a mirror here? Yes. Well, there was, except I've had to work work (laughs) through it um, for sure. You know that you're disowned from the part. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to just stretch your heart with compassion because integrating this aspect, this archetypal energy, no matter what, unconditional means unconditional, you have empathy for this part of you. Not agreement, and you do not let it be in charge or dictate or run your life, but empathy. And empathy is not, oh, poor thing. Empathy is... Wow, that's how you're perceiving it. I, I get it. You can love someone who's perceiving incorrectly. Absolutely. Right? And that's what you have to do with that energy and stop letting it, again, act out in your mm-hmm. relationship. These parts are not problematic, except that they are in charge of your life at different times. That's a problem.
1: And and I really appreciate what you are saying about, um, you know, if you see that in someone else, mm-hmm. it's a reflection back to you. Yeah, and I just wanted to throw in... You know, it's not outside the realm of reality that whenever we see something in other people we don't like, it's a reflection well, of that. That's what I'm
0: saying. It's a disowned yeah, part n- of not,
1: you. Not just the victim, but All anything. Yeah. yeah. It definitely yeah. is.
0: It's a disowned yeah. part. I find it, it's almost like a game now where mm-hmm. I go, I look at someone and I go, what a bitch. And I, was, I can say that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah it's, um, Udo and then said I, worse. And then I've got to look at myself and go, okay. Inner yeah. be like, where are let me locate you in here because, right? Like, if something you can use, everyone and everything is a mirror, and that's the excitement to me of personal growth. And that
1: might be an interesting part into our fourth one, but we're going to go into the third, um, which is the adolescent.
0: Yeah, the teenager. So, there are a lot, a lot, a lot <gasps> of this energy in the world, and people think it's who they are, they think they're standing for freedom. Teenagers are about freedom. They are about autonomy. They are about spontaneous, passionate, high-risk behavior often. Mm -hmm. And so there are people who are protecting and defending that part of themselves now as adults and acting it out all over the place. It's often at the root of affairs, um, addictions, uh, compulsions, don't tell me what to do. You know, if you hate being told what to do. I would look at your teenager. Like, again, the, the it's not a, about judgment. It's just lighting up your psyche. Because these parts talk to each other in a, a fraction of a second. It's like a relay race and they pass the baton from one part to another to another. It's so quick. So you have to slow it all down and actually create a real relationship. What your teenage part needs is different than what a child needs, just like if you were raising, you're the benign parent, you're Mm -hmm. the the loving parent. So what does a teen need? Well, space to discover, but at the same time, boundaries, boundaries. Teenagers without boundaries, they lose it. This is not healthy, right? That all of a sudden a hands off, you can do whatever you want. That's not a healthy state.
1: Well, especially in today's world when you've got the most information you've ever had in the world, you've got all of these things at your fingertips with you know, the least amount of guidance you've yeah. ever had. Yeah. You know, like we never had you know, if we wanted to go do a research on a project in school, we went to the library and pulled out the encyclopedia. The Peter Britannica and had to you know, go that route. Now you just go to good old Uncle Google and you've got information yep. that we've never had and
0: before. And you know, all this talk with narcissism, we've interviewed a few people, oh, it's yes. just rampant. Sometimes I think it's a disowned teenage part. That's all that's running the ship because they're very self-teenagers are self-absorbed. It's a developmental task, not a judgment. They need to be to discover who they are. And, but when it is prolonged in adulthood, and like I say, our society, I think our entire society is disowned from their inner teenagers, and there's like an adolescent energy about it that needs to be reclaimed. Independence is looked at as this God, and it's not all there is. It's, um, it still keeps us separate and alone especially if you're acting out of a part that is defending you know i need to be spontaneous of course you may but i'll tell you your core self would never deliver the information that way your core self would consider you and other equally Mm -hmm. equally with loving kindness the same way there'd be no reaction if it's reactive it's a part of you
1: right makes perfect sense All right, so the last one, we've got eight minutes left. Okay. Uh, The critic. I know this guy well.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I know where I learned the critic. You know, where I think I learned it, because it was a big wake up call for me one day, where I realized where did I learn to be so judgmental? Yeah. Because I looked at my family history and everything else. And it was part of it, you know, it was my stepmother, because that's where it came into our family. Right. And it was really quite interesting. It was a big aha moment, like, 14 years ago, and it was like, oh, I learned that. Mm-hmm. But then there's also stuff inside us which you're going to share more about, you know, kind of where that comes from.
0: But what you're saying, Mark, is crucial. You've got to know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. People have a critic, critical voice inside their head on a loop, and they don't actually, rec- they think it's their own voice. Right? They don't recognize that it's an introject, something they swallowed whole from childhood. It may also come from messages that you got, as you're saying, but it. Sometimes is isn't. Sometimes you just swallow the the energy of whoever you perceived as the most powerful, and then you keep this program, this loop running where you can never be enough. You can never do it well enough. You just aren't good enough. Like It just keeps picking you apart, and often other people as well. Mm-hmm. And Very- that's what it was
1: for me. It was, it was a, my formative years, my teens, watching. And it wasn't always necessarily being critical of me, mm-hmm. but it was nobody did anything right. Right. You know not anywhere. good enough.: Exactly., yeah. so in watching that, then all of a sudden you kind of figure out, well, I'm not good enough too. And then what do you do? You start modeling that behavior without even knowing why.
0: So here's the beauty about the critic. Once you know that, that that helps. And then you've got to look at the skill set, mm. right? We didn't talk about that with the others. An integrated child I'm going to go back and mm-hmm. quickly catch yeah. this piece with each one. An integrated child, you'll be playful, creative, um, light-hearted. Right. Those are the beautiful qualities of the child that, that when, when a child is growing and integrated mm-hmm. and free with a teenager, it's a passion. It's also boundaries, understanding what, what is worth the risk and what the consequences of the risk are. That's part of the developmental task when you take risks. Mm-hmm. You got to know that. And, and the with victim? the. And, and with the victim, it's a kind of compassion, like learning to love that part of you. Oh, my Lord, there's nothing you can't love after that. Yeah. It, it, at least that was mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the teenager, or sorry, the critic, the skills of the critic, it is so focused. It is so determined. It is so minutely able to tear something apart, usually you. Or someone else, right? Yeah. But if you took that skill set in the, in the service of something else, so it's looking for evidence. This critical aspect of you is looking for evidence of how you're doing it wrong and not good enough. If you can use that skill set, turn it around to find evidence in the world of what you're doing right. What, you know, if, you, if you're looking, notice the love. Notice the happiness, notice, like it notices everything. Use that skill, but use it in the name of noticing something that's actually a value for you today. Right? Yeah, like how, the
1: opposite how, of the criticism, the what's opposite. actually good about it.
0: Yeah, you know? and it and it teaches you discernment, it teaches you how to be focused. It's not a bad, those aren't bad qualities, mm-hmm. right? No, uh, But I do have a trick that uh, I yeah. want to say for the I, critic.
1: I, I, I love tricks.
0: Um, A real quick one. I know we're running out of time. We've got time so far. I
1: don't see our our follow-up guys yet. So, you know. (laughs)
0: Okay. It's a a metaphor that eventually will be archaic. But back in the day when we had tape recorders. Tape recorders. Yeah. Tape recorders. So here's what you do. Because your critic is on a loop, they're on a tape. You imagine this tape is going around and around. You've got to catch it. So you hear yourself saying something crappy to yourself or somebody else. And you literally have to press stop and hear it. So the body needs to hear, see, and feel everything. Press stop. Use your finger. Go stop. And you'll hear click. The the lid raises. Take that tape. Throw it over your shoulder. Put in a fresh tape. Close the box. Click. Press play and record. You've got to substitute it. Substitute whatever it was with a different message. So that's the tape recorder trick. It works in repetition. It actually works.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the beautiful part about it all is, you know, it starts with that recognition, that conscious awareness that, uh, you know, and, and my experience is when you start making these distinctions and these, this awareness happens, you might get to the end of your pattern before you recognize it. Right, no. and then you re- at least you recognize it yeah. and then you'll go into the pattern again you might get three quarters through and recognize it, it yeah. before you catch it yeah. and then halfway so it, it doesn't always happen in a heartbeat but yet it can
0: eventually it does yeah. it becomes yeah. so foreign to have a body that's filled with um, toxic thoughts Mm -hmm. right it becomes foreign so you catch it and you just go what's that lovingly curiously you don't hate this part either you created it for heaven's sake why would you hate it and be playful with it have fun and have fun and you can
1: have a lot of fun interrupting patterns you know scratching or pulling out that tape like you're saying yeah and uh you know get silly get creative get that you know awesome inner child out there to do the work all right awesome so we're, we're about to wrap up but you know, I'd love you to be able to share with our listeners how to get in touch with you, how to do some work with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you've got a free meditation that you're offering on your website. All of these things are linked to ConsciousLivingRadio.org right now as well. But if you want to shout out your, your so, website and your information. Yeah, the
0: website is www.authenticselfcounseling.com. With two L's,
1: because Mark only spelled it with one today. But
0: of course, Authentic Self, because that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Again, as I started at the beginning, it's about identity. and when you. Are being authentic you have room for every part of you so this is the process we also do a a genogram so you understand what's coming through your family system Mm -hmm. that could be stuck in your body and you want to energetically release that because you do not have to process your family's losses and stuff Mm -hmm. it's such a relief in the body when you can let that go and you realize I can handle this it's only overwhelming usually because it's backed up by generations of repetition So yeah, and and the free gift would be the beginning of the training I do, which is all available on MP3 on the website. Um, It's a body awareness training, which is so much more because it really teaches you how to clear the system. It's a form of meditation um, in the body that then brings spirit or source energy uh, into your heart and. Yes, It's a a great program.
1: I've I've been through it, so I thank you for that. So
0: what I'm offering for free, if they just um, I guess online, it'll be online also on ConsciousLivingRadio.org is the beginning, the cognitive part so talking to the head going, why would you do this? And then the rest of um, it is available online and it's how do you do it? How do you do this meditation? Mm -hmm. And then the last part is a one hour cathartic on-your-feet guided meditation where you just clear the system out and let it rip. And, and then you have a super, super yummy time. Well,
1: <laughs> and the one thing I know in, in doing a lot of this work is it's amazing how light you feel right afterwards. Yeah, right. Well,
0: you are. You, you're empty. Mm-hmm. So now you can fill up. Right? You can feel. It's a beautiful feeling.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tasha, thank you so much for being so fun and playful and flexible to be our special secret guest today. Um, I really had a lot of fun I chatting with fun you and, and having the conversation. So thank you so much. We'll see all our listeners again. Um, we're going to go off with another uh, Bahamas song, So Free. You're listening to Conscious Living Radio on 100.5 FM CFRO Co-op Radio in Vancouver. Good night. Good
0: night. Good night. <smart> oh, <noise> <smart noise>